You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris, and when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, It's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation, and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies, and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations, and these amazing Passive Wealth Principle lessons. Welcome to the origin episode of Passive Wealth Principles. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jake Harris. I'm the founder and host of this podcast show. I wanted to first dive into the three core principles of what are you going to get out of this podcast show and why they matter. So number one is monkey see, monkey do. I have just always believed that if I could see someone else do something, I can believe it and I can replicate that. And so this in these podcast episodes bring in real stories of real people and how and what they did to achieve certain levels of passive wealth success. And so as Matt or Travis or Ryan or whoever the subsequent guests are on these shows is you're going to be able to connect with them on a real and authentic level of understanding how they did this. And so that is one of the just core principles of how I learn things. And I wanted to share those so some of those stories out with, with other people. Number two is how to multiply your time. So that sounds cliche. You can't make more time. I've actually even said that, that you can make more money, but you can't make more time. Time is so precious. Well, the reality is, is that you can make more time or at least multiply your time. And I'm going to give you a a quick example of that is auto pay. Auto pay is a way that you can automatically pay your bills. It takes a little bit more time to dive into the details and set up your routing accounts and, and you know, plug everything into the system. But what happens is you save a few hours a week. Those few hours a week add into you know several hours in a month, and then you know several hours in a month, and add that up to a year, and then you have a, a few days of extra time. And so there's systems, there's delegation, there's tactics, there's automations that some of these people have discovered, and they can share to you is how to multiply your time. So again, these are a, a number two core component and principle of this show of tips, tricks, and strategies that you can use to dive into some more detail of how to multiply your time. Number three is mindset. 
how do you get out of some of these limiting mindsets to pursue your true purpose? And so I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to use a little bit more of an illustration is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. For those that are not familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs is it starts out is it's a triangle and, and the bottom tier of the triangle is you're just trying to survive. You're trying to survive. You're trying to get over you know, how do you feed yourself? How do you get shelter? And then what happens is over time, after you achieve the level of, Hey, I have food and I have shelter is then you want more comfort creatures and entertainment. And, and you move up higher into the needs of your, of those hierarchy of needs. And then what your, your top uh, status of the triangle is a self actualization. You've achieved and got beyond trying to figure out how to pay your bills this month. And then you get to live of who you truly are. Well, there's actually, and when I believe, and I've stolen this from somebody else that's much smarter than I am, is that there should be another category above that self-actualization. So self-actualization of Maslow's hierarchy of needs oftentimes happens when you need to achieve something in your life. And it may be a, a millionaire status or a New York Times bestseller or something that gives you permission to then like live to the true purpose of yourself. What happens is being that I've been around a lot of successful people is that money does not equal happiness. And so a lot of people in some of the lower tiers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is related to achieving certain levels of money to pay your bills. And then you leave this kind of economic gravity and you have achieved these these higher levels and that allows you then the 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 more self-actualization but the reality is that money does not equal happiness and so many of these people that are at this top tier of these hierarchy of needs of that maslow put it are unhappy and unfulfilled but however the people that have truly unlocked this are living their true purpose and their passion in service of others. And so when I say that, that's the next tier that should be above Maslow's hierarchy of needs is when you're living your true purpose and your passion in service of others is when you do unlock this true unlimited potential of happiness. However, you can't get there until you've got past some of these moments of struggle of, of getting past and paying the bills and getting uh, unlocking these self-actualization and then leaning into the true purpose and passion that is that you were put on this planet Earth for. So let me actually take this this back and I'm going to give you a little bit of my origin story or at least the career-wise origin story is 20 years ago I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad um, by Robert Kiyosaki. I know for the people that are in the real estate world, a lot of people, their career started that same way. And so I was getting out of the army. I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then I established a goal of becoming a millionaire before 30. I then subsequently, I did it. I, I, I bought houses, I fixed them up, I flipped them, and I did it again, and I did it again. And then one day I realized that I was a millionaire. And I had achieved my status and I achieved this goal that I uh, uh, sought after. And I was very, very myopically focused on that pursuit of that money and that millionaire status. And, and the reality was, is I was so focused on that, I was neglecting every single other aspect of, of my life. 
And then subsequently, you know, I was sitting on this and I want to tell you this, this time of, I was sitting on a street corner and I remember this, you know, so, so vividly of this story of sitting on this street corner down in Tucson, down the street from the University of Arizona. And I was working as a contractor on this Adobe house and Adobe house has mud walls, like mud and hay and sticks in there. And, uh, you know, very difficult to work on. And I was doing construction work and nobody else was willing to do it. And I was willing to do it because I was, I needed money. I needed to, to make some, some more income. And I was sitting there. And at that moment is I just kind of lost it all. I was, I was broken. I was broken emotionally. I was broken physically, you know, in relationships. And I sat down on the street corner and I was sobbing and I was crying. And it was one of those ugly, like just cries that it was just like everything was coming to a head. And I prayed and I prayed and I said, dear Lord, can I be worth nothing? No money, zero. And because, and the reason I asked that is that I had achieved this level of becoming a millionaire, but I had subsequently fallen back and now I had a negative net worth. I owed more on properties than they were worth. I actually had a negative balance in my bank account because they'd been all everything on auto draw. They were just taking the bills out and I had pretty good credit up to that point. And so they were able to service and cover that even had negative uh, balance in my bank account. And so I had a negative balance in my bank account. I had a negative net worth. I was losing money every single month. And I was just willing to do anything and everything to try to hem to get out of this hemorrhaging. And what I had also realized is every single aspect of my life was, was I was bankrupt. I was bankrupt in my relationships. My brothers said I was an asshole. The girl I thought I was going to marry had broken up with me. I was 75, 80, 90 pounds overweight. Because I was so myopically focused on this goal of becoming a millionaire that when this kind of fell apart, I also realized that I was bankrupt in every single aspect of my life, that the, the money least importantly was the realization of how I kind of failed. And so my mistakes, and I was at least able to bounce along rock bottom and figure out what I did right and what I did wrong. And that very introspective time period layered into and became the journey of reestablishing and rebuilding uh, myself of who I am. And so when I broke that down is, is goals are great for one time success. And what I mean by that is becoming a millionaire, losing 20 pounds, doing these things like that are great for one-time success. However, a lot of people put back on 25 pounds. I subsequently lost everything and had a negative net worth. And so what I realized is I had no systems in place. I had no principles in which I had established and I was able to white knuckle myself to become a millionaire, just as people can 
white knuckle their goal to losing 20 pounds. You could just stop eating and probably lose 20 pounds in the course of a month. That's very unhealthy to do it that way, but you could. So you achieved losing 20 pounds. I was able to achieve becoming a millionaire through this process, but the reality is that I had no systems. And so when you default to your level of your systems, And if they don't exist, you go back and put on 25 pounds or you lose all the money you quickly gained. And so what I realized is that goals are important for that one-time success, but systems are important for the, the people that want predictable and consistent success. And that's from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I read that subsequently later, but it was like a realization in the journey that I was going through that he was able to crystallize a lot of those ideas into one uh, component for me. And so Warren Buffett talks about this is that you need to learn to make money while you sleep or you will work every single day until you die. And so I did not have passive wealth. I did not have systems that paid the bills and that was the foundation. I was just working flipping houses and earning certain levels of high income. And then when that subsequently dried up, I was, you know, uh, I didn't file bankruptcy, but I experienced something that, of bankruptcy in, in who my life uh, style. So, and really it was, it was subsequently being part of a mastermind that also leveled me up to understanding this. And so there's a discernment of the way that you earn income. And so they talk about it in two ways of of horizontal income and vertical income. And horizontal income is, or actually I'll talk about the vertical income. The vertical income is what I was doing when I was uh, flipping properties. It's your day job, your job that you're making a W-2 or a sales commission or that you're putting in, you're standing up the vertical income in which you're uh, achieving money. The horizontal income is when you're making money while you're sleeping. Again, to Warren Buffett's principles of figuring out how to make money while you sleep. So passive or horizontal income is money that you're making off of a, an investment, off of a, a dividend, a you know rental income, uh, IP of writing a book or royalties or something that you are doing that produces income while you are sleeping. And so we're going to talk about those things in these shows is because vertical income and making a lot of money is not how you unlock these levels of mindset and, and, and multiplying your time and allowing yourself to dive into your true purpose of who you are. And at least it, it, for me, it absolutely was not that because even though I'd achieve a millionaire status and I had all this, this money, it, it subsequently, I, was, I lost it. And so I want to talk into and see these people that have truly achieved these levels of passive wealth. And so let's actually dive into that is, is like, who, who is this show for? And, and really what, what I'm seeing is this shows for people that have FOMO, the fear of missing out on life. They're, they're, they, they're making the good money. They're making the vertical income. They're making half a million, a million dollars a year. And, but they're, they're trading time for money. 
And they're actually pretty good at executing a plan. They went to the right school and they took the right career path. And now, but they've, they've just discovered that they're on a bigger hamster wheel. They're in the rat race that's, that's kind of bigger. And actually, let me tell you a story of one of my friends. My friend, he's a, he's a doctor and he had just got back from vacation. He was like super stressed out and I was kind of busting his balls. And I was like, dude, what's going on? Like you just got back from vacation. Why are you so uptight? And he gave me this, this story of how he was, it was so stressful trying to achieve all of this work before he went on vacation that then he also knew in his own mind that when he got back from vacation, he was going to have twice as much or however many days he was missing from work was going to have that amount of work waiting for him on his desk when he got back. And so he was unable to enjoy his vacation. He's sitting on a tropical island down in, in the Caribbean and he can't even enjoy it with his wife and his kids because he's so uptight about how much work he's going to have when he gets back to, to his normal job. And because he was a medical professional is running his own office that, that he, he vacation was not even a relief. And so when I looked at that is like, this is exactly who this show is for. This show, because he came to me asking for my advice, investing into some, some uh, deals and some businesses, some other things, and I was able to give him some insights, but then share his story and share some other people's stories with him that allowed him to start putting in systems in place that freed up his time. And, and again, this is my journey. This is something that I am working on and other people that are around me that are looking to achieve some of these same things. It's like they're tired of being in the rat race. They're tired of being on that hamster wheel, even though they may have a nicer house and a fancier car than they did when they were younger, they want to unlock, they, they know there's more, they see it. And so that FOMO and that uh, trading your time for money and you want to disconnect from that, that's the person that this show is for. And so, you know, really, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about this show. And so the uh, initially, when I started, I, I wrote a book in 2020 called Catching Knives, a, a guide to investing in distressed commercial real estate. And this podcast was a starting of that on basing all that premise. And we started talking about these contrarian investing approaches and how people are just kind of solving things in a unique way that there's these are all common problems. Uh, the, the rat race and the hamster wheel of life is a common problem that I see is people like, what do I do? How do I get off of this, this wheel? And so as we started in, uh, recording these episodes, the, the reality with the help of, of a branding group was this was much more than just contrarian investing. This was much more than commercial real estate. And so we rebranded this. And so if you're watching the video, you may even see my catching knives shirt. And you're actually going to see why the website is, is catch knives is we've rebranded this and we've spent time and it. This is now the passive wealth principles podcast, because as we discovered and started even uh, pulling some and mining these nuggets of information out of these guests, 
is it was much more than just being a contrarian. It was like these foundational knowledge of, of principles that got put into to place that developed some of these systems were much, much more important. And we wanted to add some clarity so that we could cast a wider net to the people that are looking for these. And honestly, uh, some people didn't understand what catching knives meant. I got asked quite a bit, what does that mean? And so in order to clear up some of the confusion, we actually got went to something that was not as creative, but more clear. So passive wealth principles is really what we've been talking about, but we, we packaged it a little bit differently. And so, with the help of that branding group, you'll see that and maybe you'll even hear some of the early episodes where we talk about Catching Knives or the Catching Knives podcast. It has been rebranded and subsequently, I think that was 15, 18 episodes in that we started you know, under the new concept, but you're listening to this as the origin episode. So you're going to hear that. And so when we're actually coming out and premiering is under the Passive Wealth Principles podcast. And so you're going to get a chance to hear some of those behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes, but the origin of that. And so that is why the change and what is the name of Passive Wealth Principles as the show overall. And, and even beyond that, something that happened while we or where, while I started recording this is we've actually created a, a second set of episodes as I've interviewed uh, some of these people. I was so blown away with the information that they came out with is I started recording a shorter condensed version of a what I learned episodes and think about that as the cliff notes versions. It cleans up or not only say it takes out some of their stories, but it's like these are the key things that I'm sitting there taking notes, listening to these people share their experiences. And I am so blown away by it that I was like, I need to take this and share this and share their understandings of things in a what I learned episode. And so you're going to see that and we're going to launch both episodes each week. So you're going to see both the, the interview, the full length one, and then the what I learned episodes. And that has been just in reaction to creating some of this content that it was so powerful that I wanted to convey that in my own words back to people because it allows me to kind of solidify it in my own head. So again, this is the, the kind of the reason why, and I want to pull this back to the beginning, is the motivations for putting together this podcast show was number one, to give real world examples of real people that have achieved levels of passive wealth. And over time, you know, taking what is my understanding of some of these principles and then create some of the best practices that these other people have put together in these guests and then merge together in kind of an investment thesis. Number two, again, multiply time. And this is through systems and automations and tactics and things that, you know, just people that are doing. And I would say that it's, it's the, you don't know what you don't know. And so these people are giving little nuggets and these episodes are giving people insights into things that I'm taking notes that I think are amazing and clever. And then, you know, again, the third is the mindset shift of, of limiting beliefs 
of when you can see other people do this, when you can hear the stories of that, when it allows you the permission of them living into their purpose and their passion, and it's going to give you permission to live more into the to your purpose and passion. So I'm excited for these episodes, recording them as, as much as I am to share them with you. So please subscribe as this helps us better understand the value and as we continue to kind of mine out these valuable nuggets of, of information and how we can kind of amplify that out into the world. And as I said, my goal is to help people avoid some of the mistakes I have made and some of the guests uh, have made on these shows, but how to use passive wealth as a foundation to build and establish a path towards living your purpose in the service of others. Thank you and, and welcome to listening to the Passive Wealth Principles podcast show. Again, my name is Jake Harris and look forward to hearing from you guys and, and having you guys enjoy future episodes. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.realestate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.